You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, uh, joined by my co-host, Zim. Say what's up. Hello, world. What the hell was that? <laughs> like... No what idea, was that? Bro. Okay, so starting things off, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to take any credit away from the Jets. They played a hell of a game. They outcoached us. They outplayed us. I'm not going to make any excuses saying that, for me personally, that we beat ourselves or anything like that. House off to them. They deserve that victory. They fought hard to get it. Um, that's just where I'm going to start. But like Zim said, what the hell was that? Zim, what, were, what was going through your mind as this game transpired? The first half of that football game, I say, yeah, these dudes is like they got some ball players. Like we, not to take nothing away from the Ravens or nothing like that, but their defensive line was way more stout, and their offensive line was not letting nobody get nowhere near Mike White in like any facet of that game. Even the sack on the sideline where Ogan Joby and Trey Hendrickson teamed up on it, like he could have just threw the ball away and not even took a sack right there. Like right. man, that that was a. Like, the NFL is super, super unpredictable in that sense. It's like these are the best athletes in the world. Uh, I was arguing with someone on Twitter about cricket athletes or something the other day. 
Mm-hmm. The National Football League houses the best athletes in the world. So even if you take the worst team, bro, like – and the Jets are not anywhere near as bad as the Lions. But, yeah, we should have beat the brakes off of them. Once we go up 11 points, you know, like I started tweeting and getting back on my stuff. I, th- I, I, I do have a confession. I was doing my live stream, and I want to blame my wife for this loss because she said I was too loud. So I had to lower my tone, right? Next thing I know, Jets start, like, coming back. All that stuff like that. She called and, and messed up my live stream, and we weren't able to generate enough energy to the stadium. And I'm sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that you said is the Jets definitely, even with them not having Zach Wilson in, even with them not having Corey Davis in, they still had talent. They still had some weapons that they could use, right? And I remember watching the All-22 of the Jets, like, Pats game. Because all I had heard was we all heard about them losing 54 to whatever, and everybody was talking about Mike White, this and that. You know, some people were saying that he wasn't an NFL quarterback. And I remember going back and watching the beginning of that game when Mike White came in. And I remember when he first came in, the first thing he did was throw, like, a crazy touchdown to Corey Davis. And I was looking at it, and I was like, I don't think this guy is as bad as people are saying, I did. I think he was going to come out and do what he did today. No, but I thought that he was at least like Brandon Allen level, like solid, like backup quarterback type dude, not somebody that I thought was going to come out like Josh Johnson or something like that. And it's just crazy, like you said, to see how this team, I think the Jets just reacted to us. I don't think, and I said this on my live, I don't think any other offense that we've faced, including the Packers, Ravens, any of those teams were as creative or made this defense as off balance as the Jets did. And they did it in a number of ways, like all of the motions that they had with Elijah Moore and some of the trickery that they used with Jamison Crowder, the trick plays, all of the things that they did. I don't think the Bengals defense has ever been tested in that way and form in, in terms of the creativity. So I got to give Mike LaFleur or Matt LaFleur's brother some some uh kudos there because I, I don't think we've ever seen an offense this season have the Bengals defense on their heels like that and then he did the thing in the second half where he did the two-minute hurry up offense to keep like our starters our our players on the field when they were visibly tired it was right. just like we never and, knew and, what and was our really base in our base defense we never knew what was really coming with them like you didn't know what to expect with Mike White you didn't know what to expect, like Michael Carter and the running backs. It looks like it looked to me like they took a page from the Packers game and they just decided to attack the flats and attack our linebackers specifically uh, with their running backs. And Michael Carter, I was just like I was sitting there at the end of the game, like just stop Michael Carter, like do what you can to try to stop them. And it just seemed that at every point that the Jets just kept crawling back into the game and not giving up. And then it was like, all right, we showed up. Like you said, we got up by 10. And I'm like, all right, 11. cool. 11. 11. And we get up by 11 and try to come and close the game out. And the first thing that I'm thinking is this Jets defense has done a hell of a job stopping Joe Mixon. So how are we going to like use the run to kind of run the rest of the clock out? We come down, and we've seen this all game, too. We've, we're seeing them get some pressure on Joe to the point where they're deflecting balls at the line. And the same thing that I'm saying while this is going on is we cannot turn the ball over. And that's literally what ends up happening 
with Joe once we're only up by what four points at that point or five points. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, I was just like, we can't turn it over. They call a screen pass, which I, I get it. I feel like you know that they had a good job. They did a good job of shutting down the run. You didn't want to be predictable, but it just turns out disastrous. And I felt like that point, there's plenty of things that we could point to, right? We could talk about drop touchdowns at the beginning of the game. We could talk about that play. But that decision right there, I just – I don't know. I don't know. what I, I kind of didn't understand what they were trying to do given the circumstances of that game and how things were flowing. Like, I think that you at least – even if you get a two-yard loss on a run, right, the object is to get the clock running – and to try to waste some more time so that even if your defense goes back on the field, all they have to do is stop them, even though the Jets were on fire on, on offense. That was kind of a weird one. And then the fourth and ninth scene, I really want to get your thoughts on this one. That one was a uh, that was a back crusher because for them to get that sack and turn it into a fourth and ninth scene after a long third down, after Joe has to pretty much just spike it into the ground after second down, I, I feel like you still should have possibly went for it. I mean, yes, it's fourth and 19, but at the weight that the, the Jets were playing offensively and your defense wasn't stopping them, I, I couldn't understand how you would think that our defense would stop them in that situation. Now, obviously, there's also the stuff with the refs, but like we say on the show all the time, like only losers really complain about the refs, right? Because if you put yourself in that situation, and I think Zach Taylor said it in the press conference when they when they asked about it, you shouldn't even be in that situation where you have to worry about what a call, what a call is. I was upset by the call because I was just like, all right, hell of a play by the defense. And then I see the flag come out immediately. And I'm like, what is that? But in those situations, that's what happens. But I can't take anything away from the Jets. They out coached us. They outplayed us. They wanted it more. And they resembled a Bengals team, I think, at points last season that when the whole world counted them out of certain games, they rose to the occasion and came up and they, they took the victory. And it's, it's just tough, but that's what it is. It's the NFL. Zim, you got anything to add to that? All right, I'm trying to wait for Zim to come back. I don't know if you guys are seeing the connection issues or anything. There's a super chat from Dustin Croft. He says that the linebackers look like they were running in the mud today. I'm confident that we'll be. You can't hear me. I feel like you're stuck and I'm not. Okay. Now you just came through a little bit. Okay. All right. There you go. I can hear you, but I, but okay. your video yeah. is frozen. Well, go ahead. See, in my video. All right. Well, that means so. Um, yeah. I was saying, like, how much time do you got? Like, for me, I, I just. Ah, all right. So first and foremost, I think that it was really key that you put out there that the Jets had to do some stuff that were like a little bit like almost like trick plays, like Zach said at the end of the half and different things to just keep the Bengals off balance. And I think the Bengals defense answered the call early on because the game could have been like a little bit worse in their favor if you don't factor in those two turnovers. But we got them and it is what it is. But they were dominating the football as far as like the trenches early in that football game. It's I was very, very impressed by their offensive line. Like, nobody put a finger on Mike White. Now, granted, Lou is sitting there and saying, and, I, I, oh, I got a little off topic. You were saying that LaFleur's brother 
is the coach for the Jets or or LaFleur. He's the coordinator. He's, he's the co coordinator. He's the coordinator. The last time that I remember a team excessively throwing to uh throwing against us in the flat is when we went up against the Packers. And even in that game, I kept on saying, why do they keep on throwing it to AJ Dillon? And you know, like whatever, right? Right. And they weren't as successful, but throwing it just me playing fantasy football, Michael Carter is like one of the best two-way like running backs in in football on a low right now. Like he's just one of them guys you kind of keep on your bench and just sit him right there like all year because you're just waiting for him to explode. He's just playing on a on a bad team. But his dynamics of him catching the ball, like whether it was in the flat, whether it was a screen game, it just was a recipe for like failure for the Bengals. And looking forward to like the Browns game, I'm just so glad Kareem Hunt is in there because right. Kareem Hunt is probably trucking some of them, them. The bad, a lot of people talking about the bad tackling. I think like for the most part, if I'm Lou Anarumo, I'm thinking this: if I just come back, if I just play coverage. For most of this game, he's going to give me the football at some point, especially when I'm up. Um, when I'm yeah, when I'm up eleven points or whatever. But the problem was the Bengals are so sure-handed on tackling that they're just expecting that. Okay, well we're going to keep everything in front of us. They're going to throw out to the flats. We're going to throw these screens or whatever, and we're going to allow them to do that. We're not going to blitz, and we're not going to come off the edge and allow them to get big plays off of it. But the problem was is like. Pre-snap, the positioning for a lot of the linebackers and like you alluded to, them not allowing the Bengals to get off the field. So a lot of times you had like a tired Jermaine Pratt in our 4-3 base defense when you needed like ADG or you needed your packages. Maybe you bring in a Flowers or you could bring in all these different guys that have a little bit more uh, speed and heftiness to their game or whatever. But they were never really allowed to do that at the end going into the halftime, the last 10 minutes of the second quarter. It just continued the whole entire game, and I just was – I was trying to, like, look at a different angle, and I'm like, why is it surprising them for four quarters that this guy is going to throw into the flat? He never threw a ball beyond 12 yards the entire football game, I don't think. Somebody had to go back and go back and correct me. Yeah, I don't remember any deep shots. It, it was all there like was only, short to medium. There pass. was only one pass – uh, that was 12 yards, and then I think the guy ended up getting like 16 yards off of it. Mm -hmm. But it was maddening just watching at home, just like, why are they not adjusting to that? They don't have to adjust to, like, blitzing. Even though I wish they would have came after Michael White a little bit more, I, that that was the key to the game. You know, like, I feel like the Bengals, like, so many times, they don't score that many points, and then say the Bengals lose the game. I'm always saying, well, the Bengals defense did a good good enough job to do to win the game. Today is an example of when they did not do enough good stuff to win the game. So just they just got killed in the flats for four quarters. And this dude got 400 yards off of flats and screens. Like, and then when you go up 11 points, that's when the when the defense gotta step up. And it and it just killed me at the end of that game when they finally did get the stop. The big stop that we've been waiting for, right. that's the call right there in that spot. That's super, super awkward. Super, yeah. super. The timing of that call is just so, so bad. Like, there's so many other things that could have went, you know, maybe in the Jets' favor earlier. And that's why, like you were saying, I don't really harp on calls earlier. But, mm -hmm. like, the one time when we they do make the stop, I was just screaming at my screen, like, man, just give me the ball back. Give me the ball back. Give me the ball. Because if I get the ball back, I'm like, well, 
even that two point conversion did take a little bit of sales because I'm like, damn, we we need to go down and score a touchdown. I do not right. want to play with these dudes. And right. I mean, to me, that was the whole entire game. It's just the defense getting killed in the flats and screens. That was the whole that was entire the game. game. That was that, the game. I, 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 there's another thing. I why do they wait so long to go to Jamar Chase? They went to him on the first drive of the football game. But we talk about this every week. It kills me. Jamison Crowder and Denzel Mims probably had more targets than probably the most electrifying electrifying wide receiver in the National Football League right now. They went to him one time on the first drive. Then they come back on the driveway, drops the touchdown or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it, somebody atones for that. They, they end up getting a touchdown out on that same drive, right? Or, nah. I that was a field goal? I think that might have been a field goal. Okay, all right. But either way, those are the those are the two times. We leads the whole entire game with what four targets? Who does that? Like what football, what NFL team does that for arguably the best wide receiver that the Bengals have seen since AJ Green? Probably the best, you know, like it's it's not rocket science. When they do go to him, good stuff happens like each time, bro. Like aside from the, the drops. I, I want to point out this too. Facebook bangles in these comments. I don't know what planet y'all from. Y'all a whole different breed of, of species. Like the comments of like being in a five and three team in first place, you would think that we were 0 and 17 right now based off of Facebook comments. I, I, I never really look at the comments that often, but they're so incredibly crazy that I have to invite one of these people to like talk to me one day. Like who hurt you? Like what? Well, I know who hurt you. The Bengals like, like y'all are insane. These dudes are on here talking about like fire everybody. Get them out of here. You know that you just lost one game. Your whole entire season didn't just end. Right. Lou Anarumu has a top five defense. And then you got one game that he, he doesn't pitch a shutout and he gets, now they got the ass whooped. But your, your first, like who does that? You just say, hey, look. I'm done. The whole thing and blow the whole thing up. Like, do you know how crazy you sound? Like, I know I talk crazy and I sound crazy, but I don't really be saying too much crazy stuff. These dudes are insane. I just want to point that out. Nah, it's all good. So, um, super. I am pissed, but firing everybody is gonna make me a loser. Yeah, you want to be the Browns? Like firing people just at will and like just like something doesn't go your way, we lose a game that we're supposed to win. Tear it and all up. That's tear it all up. Tear it up. I'm done. Football season over. Let's get out of here, guys. Like, no, that is the stupidest thing that you could do. That isn't just because you're pissed doesn't make you more pissed than something to brag about. Like, dude, I'm more pissed than everybody else because right. you want to become a loser by firing everybody on a five and three football team. That makes that means that you want to lose to me. Right. You couldn't want to win and, and fire, fire everybody and what and bring your ass to the stadium. Guy on the couch, like, what's your plan? Right. Sounds like you're trying to lose. That don't sound like you're trying to win. That's my opinion. Nah, great points there, Zoom. Uh, Jigsaw with the $20 super chat says, aren't all plays supposed to be reviewed in under two minutes in both halves? Somebody should have been in the ref's ear from New York. Just deserve that win. Can't take that away from them onto the Browns. It is what it is, bro. You can't put yourself in those situations because you're never really going to get it. Um, Aquila the Great for $5. Appreciate that, bro. Says, good teams beat bad teams. 
pretending teams get upset. I'm pissed, but I, all I know for the certain certain is the Bengals play heartless in the story. I wouldn't say that they play heartless. I wouldn't go that far because I think that they show some heart at the end of the game Scott, to come back. Scott, you've been game. watching this game before I was born. What does that mean? You know more than me? You want to win more than me? What does that mean, Scott? Talk to me, Scott. That don't mean nothing. You don't know about this. Right. So what? So what you was around? You you saw more than I saw. So what? I'm here now. I'm breaking down all these games, and I had to watch the loss. But I'm not crying because you could cry further than me. Your tears run down your laptop faster than me. No, that doesn't make you a winner. You go and assess, like, why did you lose the game? Figure right. out how do you get better and get prepared for the next game. That's what somebody with sense does to say, this is how we want to win. Right. And 1975 doesn't resonate with 2021 week nine. We got a football game to play. I don't care about your, te- your tears back then. What do your tears back then have to do with tomorrow and the day after that? Today is a new day. Tomorrow will be a new day. You got to figure out how do you stop these teams throwing the ball into the flat, uh, figuring out how can we get Joe, uh, Joe Burrow off to a hotter start at the beginning of these football games because we just put up 30 points. So right. there's something to be said there, too. Right. And, right. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not one of the people that's going to be sitting here and telling you, like, man, the Bengals should have won. And, uh, man, no, I want to win, bro. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, yeah, man, there's so much that we can build off of that. Like, I'm not that guy either. I'm just saying that from what I saw, that this is still a good football team. It doesn't mean that I got to burn the stadium down just because they lost. And there, there's a lot of good things. I, I just think that the simple things that the Bengals should be doing, such as getting our big three involved in the game early into the game. So then you take all that pressure off of them. I just – I just is that is the most maddening part about this offense is like I think that in itself will put them in a position where now they're up. And then when you get later in the football game, yeah, I could come after Mike White. Yeah, I could start blitzing a little bit heavier. I go up by maybe 14, 15 points or whatever. Like, you would think that the Joey B turnover was at the worst time possible. The stadium was rocking over there. The momentum and everything, like, went in their favor. And them dudes ball like crazy today, for real. Like, the Jets' D-line and their offensive line was insane. Like, the – like. Quentin Williams, like, bro. The, the offensive line played played a really. I would. I'm curious to know the grading for them because besides Hendrickson, I never. Ogan Joby on the first two drives was getting. He was getting home a lot. I saw Cam Sample. He got hit. He got caught, charged for the late hit. But I mean, there was very little pressure. Very little. There was very little anything like those defensive line. It was nothing like like the Ravens as far as how they were in the backfield with Lamar Jackson. On both sides, on runs and on on passes. Dustin Croft says, "Real talk: the Jets' DBs weren't getting killed. The completions for Burrow were threaded in there. Other completions were off script." Yeah, I mean, I guess their their secondary did did decent, especially against the Migos. I still felt oh, like yeah. the Migos were were somewhat of a factor. Found big shot, big time, big time. Complaining won't make us six and two on the Cleveland six and three next week is all we can do now. Can't cry now. And then go five and four next week. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you already beat the Ravens and the Browns. Not the Browns, the Ravens and the Steelers. You got an opportunity to beat to beat the Browns, who just lost to, I believe, the Steelers today. So, at the end of the day, the goal for number Kyle one Kareem is to win, win your division. Number two, 
you still got a chance to win the AFC. It's not over. It's not over after this week. So you have to see what you It's a big game. There were it's, other games that came down to the wire. I don't even know what happened in the in the Titans Colts game, but that game was close. Even right. the Dolphins and Bills game was close. So it's it's not right. over yet. That is still that is still within range. But what you got to do is figure out what your deficiencies were. And I agree with Zim. It almost seems like now that you said that, I didn't even think about the Lafleurs being brothers. That game plan was very it's, similar. They like, must have talked, yeah, bro. They was throwing all that. They t- they was like, bro, throw to them in the flats and kill them in the flats. And one thing, you know, in a year when everybody had their pitchforks out and they were like, linebacker play, linebacker play. There's not that many teams that have challenged us at the tight end position or those running backs out in flat because. I think they're watching the reaction speed of Logan Wilson on these plays. So they're assuming that that's something that you can't do to the Bengals. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Browns do that for a Baker Mayfield that has a non-injured, you know, throwing shoulder or whatever. Do they simplify his game plan and just go with a whole bunch of dump offs with those big bodies? Now they had a big injury today too. Conklin got carted off too in their game there. I think that's their starting right tackle, but, um, I, I think, like, for a lot of people saying that the Bengals suck today, I, I'm reading, like, a lot of those those comments, too. They, yes, but no. The Bengals, you know, like, this is the NFL. They put you up 30. Drop 30 like, like, bro, they dropped, drop. they, they played, they dropped 30 points. And coming into the game, what we were saying, hey, look, the Jets secondary isn't trash. You know, like, there, there were different – in the offseason, I thought the Jets had one of the better offseasons. It's just mm-hmm. with the Carl Lawson injury, different thing. And I talked to our guy, Carl Lawson, two days ago. He said he's doing really good. He said that he's really itching to get back out there and stuff like that. Um, But I just thought that the Jets' defense and given their co- their coach, their head coach's background and everything like that, the onus is always going to be on defense with them. And we put 30 points on them. So you don't completely suck, but an L is an L, you lost. I just think, just like the Bears uh, team, I just, the Bears game, you get the ball back, and, and it's a dub. And I just hated that we couldn't get the ball back. The timing on that third down uh, call was just horrible. Uh, and, and, and the game just went by like so, like, I don't know if your commercial breaks were like, they seemed super long to me. Like there was a lot of commercials. Yeah, it was a lot of commercials. It was a lot of commercials early in the day, but the game kind of you know went by as planned or whatever. But I mean, that 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 changed up really quick. And and when I brought up that Joe Burrow interception, that wasn't mm-hmm. to put the blame on Joe Burrow. That was again Shaq Lawson making a hell of a play, reading it. They do the fake throw, turn back um fake throw, turn around, um, come back throw play. They did that three times early in the game. They come back. He's he said, "Oh, they're doing it again." Got his hands up, made a great play on the on on the ball, right. and that and that just happens, you know. And I know that the Bengals are a better team than the Jets, but today the Jets were a better team, and I am very very angry. I am a lot happier though because last time we did the show, all these other times I was extremely sick, so I am happy about that. I guess that's maybe why I'm not as pissed as everybody else. And and I just see so much in front of us. I feel like we. Out of all the scenarios, we still control our destiny. It's like, go beat the Browns. Uh, after that, we're going to the bye, right? Yeah, after the Browns, we go into the bye. I'm hoping Jackson Carmen is, is good. I don't know what happened if he re, he redid something with – Yeah, to his back. But the game was super simple when I think about it. It's not going to our big three early in the game. Not enough. You shouldn't – how can Jamar Chase be second in the NFL in yards? Almost, almost was first, right? 
mm-hmm. and he leave a game with four targets. Like who who on the staff? Like and then so lay in the game, give him credit. They handed the ball off on nine yards, easy. Right. right. Who on the staff? Like they don't come to meetings and just be like, I, I put a tweet. Out, I said first first series. Go to Jamar on a deep route. Go to Jamar on a comeback or a dig route on a first series of the game. The defend the defender would never recover from that. Like he would be thinking, like, is he gonna go deep? Is he gonna go short for the rest of the whole game? They don't. It's different for a player to look at film and then actually get out there and then feel it. When he got that, when he got that one play and then he breaks off a tackle, then he comes and spins. The defenders are out there like, oh, like who is that? Right. Oh, bro, that's Jamar. You got him. You got him. You got... like they start thinking, bro. And once you start thinking, good things happen for like people that have like crazy skill. Because nobody in their right mind wants to do anything with him. They cloud the covers over him early in the game. I still think a lot of them drag routes and dig routes early in the game can be had. And even if it isn't that successful, now maybe the T. Higgins 40, 55 yard bomb is a touchdown. It all goes hand in hand, but they don't do enough to set up what I would like to see like early to scare and put real game day fear in a defender. Once you do that and you go up, it changes everything. Then Mike White doesn't throw for 400 yards. And I think Lou's game plan wasn't terrible. And I might get killed on the internet for that. It's just, it's just predicated on we're going to make sure that we cover and we're going to be in the right spot. And when we get there, you have to get your guy down. You might, you better get the running back, whoever gets the ball down immediately and it just never went that way and I think throughout the game he just kept on saying guys y'all got to make the tackles I'm trusting y'all guys to go do it because say you start blitzing on them on them screenplays house you know what I'm saying so like there's just like keep everything in front of us and I think this one is on the on the players for missing a lot of those tackles in the open field and being out of position now is that is that Lou Anarumo's fault I'm not sure I need to go check out the game and just see, like pre-alignment. I wasn't liking what I was seeing based off of what I watched for like the whole three quarters. By the time we get the full quarter, I'm like, bro, they only dumping it all. It reminded mm-hmm. me when we played the Steelers. The only difference with the Steelers is that we got so much more penetration that when Najee Harris would get the ball out in the flat, we had defenders meeting them there every single time. So he ended with like 15 catches, but mm-hmm. we had defenders like going and killing him and getting them down. As soon as he would get the ball the whole game, it was just running lanes wide open every single time. And I couldn't get over – I can't get over that. That was the whole game to me. Yeah, for me, I think it was – I talked about a lot this season, the the offense not cashing in on the defense's opportunities. But I right. think the defense today, even with the turnovers, it kind of showed why turnovers can sometimes be overrated because – at the beginning of the game, when they got the turnovers, but we didn't get points off of them, they essentially didn't mean anything, and the Jets were still cooking. So it almost kind of gave, like, if you weren't watching this game and you just saw Mike White throws an interception, and you're not seeing that it was something that was tipped up and a, a linebacker catches it or something like that, you're probably thinking that the Jets' offense was just horrible, but that wasn't the case. They were getting yardage all throughout the game, in terms of in terms of that, I think that the offense needed to cash in um, on some of those possessions. They had the drops early, they had the three and outs, and they had the. Tip what did you think about that first one? <laughs> Somebody said, "Scott, you're a downer, bro. I can't stand this guy, Scott. Um, I hate you, Scott." Uh, on the first series, when they when Tyler Boyd makes the, the catch at the chains, they're on the Bengals' forty yard line. That was the first series of the game. 
and I was screaming, go for it. I felt like they probably should have gone for it. Um, I felt like Tyler Boyd was like almost there, but CJ Mosley, I think, got him. Uh, but yeah, I think that they probably should have gone for that. I think there was a situation where they did go for it and they didn't get anything. Um, I think it might have been on the one where Chase dropped the touchdown. I think they went for it again, and I don't think they got any. I think that was the drive they left with, with zero points. Uh, but they just really honestly didn't have the ball on offense much of the game at all. Um, and when they did, I was going through I know. Some of, I went back through some of um, the true. stats just to – just to check and see, like, what the targets and stuff look like. Zach has to go. So, Jamar actually had <laughs> nine targets in this game. Right, right. Some, somebody, nine. Dustin, said that in the comments, too. Shout out to uh, uh, Dustin. T. Higgins too. had six. I thought T. Higgins had more, but T. Higgins I don't had see, six. I remember them going to him, Tyler but not. Tyler Boyd had eight. I, don't, I didn't even know that Tyler Boyd had eight targets. Like, you couldn't have told me. I would have. When, when did Jamar had have nine targets, bro? Like, when did that happen? Because the first. I don't know if they're bro, the first. The when first couple the, when he was in the backfield, I don't know if that counts as a target or not. But remember, they ran like the little sweep to him. I might have stepped away or something. I mean, he only had one. He had one carry for nine yards. Did he end up with nine yards? On yeah, the play yeah he got like a first down. Or that was a run. On it. That was a run. Yeah, that was so a run. I don't know if that is like a target or not, but yeah. it was just a nah, sweep, so nah. That 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 was it. But nine targets, bro. I was sitting there by the third drive and saying, when y'all going to go? Like, there must have been some throws to Uno that were just so errant and nowhere near him that I just thought, like, okay, that was an incomplete pass. But nine targets. Man, there were so many, bro. Yeah, Joe Joe seemed pretty pissed on the one where the one with Uzama and, and Boyd end up in the same, same spot. Route. And he was thinking to himself, like, man, that's a touchdown. And, I, I mean, you cannot take anything for granted. In the National Football League, because any given Sunday, like a New York Jets will come out there. Like for all we know, next week we could come out there and and blow the doors off the Browns. But right now, that honestly, based off of what we saw today, mm-hmm. that's not a great matchup for us. Is like I, I was feeling really, really confident. They have to be able to put up points, and then I don't think the Browns can stick with them. Browns scored ten points today. It is what it is, but the Browns have had success against us. I just think that Lou's got a couple of different things that he needs to change this upcoming week because Baker can get a little bit more loose, and he will run on those some of those third downs too. So they got a whole nother thing that they need to check out for um, in this game. But and that does there's so many thoughts in my head. Advantage like like running running and spe- they, they're a good screening game. They're a good screen team. Yeah, great screening game. Yeah. Dustin says something else. He says the same route that Chase burned Marlon on. The DB stuck to his hip. Our receivers honestly didn't get a lot of separation today. I mean, it is it is what it is. I didn't. I don't feel like I saw that. I saw Tyler Boyd get some separation. I saw Uno get some separation. I saw T on a deep bomb get separation. So I mean, they just got to figure it out, man. It's like it just comes down to, I think, clock management play call control at the end in those moments and execution. It's on everybody. It's not on one right. particular player, right. coach, me- coaching member. You know, you could say the defense. It's just the team itself just has to execute all right. together and they got to come to play. And, you know, you got punched in the mouth by a Jets team. You tried to come back at the end after getting knocked down and stumbled. And then you got knocked down again. And psh, once you get knocked down that second time, it is what it is, but you you know what's so crazy about a lot of people trying to get a player at this deadline 
is that a lot of people are just assuming Eli Apple is just like the worst corner in the NFL nah. or something like that, right? Right. And everybody's like, make a play for Xavier Howard, right? I'm gonna tell you this: he, Eli Apple was not a guy that me and you, I think, were talking about heavy on it on on the show. But if people go back, we thought that was a super underrated signing just based off of depth. Because I'll if be we're depth. if we're taking starters from other teams and then now they're playing and they're on our bench and coming off of teams that uh, that have won some games, some of these guys haven't won games, so it creates like a, a really good locker room, I think. But I, I tell you this, if we're talking about like what's going to impact this team, based off of what I've seen with Eli Apple the last couple of weeks, we're fine. We're fine in that sense. They're not going to be elite, but there aren't teams like teams when they go to target him and stuff like that. They're not winning and they're getting three and outs and stuff. So. That's all if you I'm want. I'm mistaken. He was the one that had the incompletion on the two point conversion that he was targeted, and right? He held up in coverage, and, and so I like if if it was a glaring like now like like say we play a team. I'm gonna tell you like we play the Chargers or something like that. Somebody with two really good wide receivers, like really good wide receivers, and see do they abuse them all week? I mean all day, but we don't have that luxury because the deadline's on Tuesday. But I will say this, he he's not glaring, right? But one thing that will make Eli Apple a whole never notch up, one thing that will make um uh Awuzie, cuz I thought Awuzie this was his worst game in coverage. Right. I t- I tweeted that earlier in the day, constantly just chasing. All the touchdown the touchdown one that didn't count. Guy got him on that one like just constantly chasing all game. Like he was never really like the Cheeto like that step for step with them. You know, whatever. He looks like fully healthy and everything like that. But the one thing that will help them all out is pass rush. If you play any NFL team, right, and you're allowing a guy to sit back in the pocket like that, you somebody's getting open. So everybody better not come back and say, oh, well, you know, that's on, you know, the corners are trash or because everybody's super reactionary, as I'm seeing in the comments. Is um, But you, how do you aid them? Pass rush. Tip balls, different things like that at the line of scrimmage and just getting to them. They fail to get to them. It, mm-hmm. it, me and you could throw for 200 if if the, if if it's going to be comfortable like that. This right. dude probably had full five seconds. In the National Football League, this is the whole argument, bringing it back to Jamar Chase versus the Sewell thing is like, in the National Football League, good teams get 3.2, 3.3 yards. Bad teams get 2.7, 2.8. So is the margin of... 0.5 seconds is that big enough to give you more wins? And I then that was my whole argument. Not, but if on in on the inverse of that, if I'm on defense and I'm watching a guy sit back there for four second drops, which is insane. Lou was just saying, We're gonna keep everything in front of us, you're gonna throw underneath all game, and I'm gonna wait for you to make a set a mistake. And Mike White was like, you know what? I'm not going to throw down the field, and I'm not going to make those type of mistakes. And if I get an interception, it's going to be off a tip pass. But how do you? How can you beat Mike White today? Go add a Von Miller-like talent, and I bet you that'll never happen again. The pass rush is just not – I said that in a Lamar Jackson game. I thought Lamar ran into a lot of those sacks. I thought he he got he got, he was quick to move. He wasn't trying to run, but he would run in favor of the defense. I said that leaving again because somebody said, "Why are you so adamant about another pass rush?" I'm like, bro, when I go watch Super Bowl teams that go win it, they come with a pass rush that is like so relentless that it makes the quarterback uncomfortable. When we played, even Justin Fields looked comfortable at the end of that game 
Um, you know, that was his first start or whatever. Like, there have been some games that we played. Even the first half, Trevor Lawrence in that Jaguars game looks super comfortable. Like, there's been some games that we play, and guys just looks too comfortable for me. And you can't win, like, where you guys want to go. You can't get there without, like, elite pass rushes. And that's not a knock on the guys that we have. I think they're good. We'll go to the playoffs. You know, you'll run into a better quarterback that doesn't care about it. They'll run into what they saw today from Mike White and company, like the the pass rush they saw today, and, and they'll blow us out the water. Like a really good team, and that's why I keep on emphasizing um, that we need another pass rusher. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board. If they do get another pass rusher, I'm, board, I'm on board with it. I just think I don't know what position that you can pick up that just stops you from getting killed in the flash. I don't know if that needs to be like a scheme change. Um, I think I, that, I think that, that pass rush, I think the pass rush will get there to the point where it speeds up some of those plays. You gotta right. you gotta kill some of those plays. But you're right. It it that's gonna be more like an adjustment. I think that don't make though. Yeah, like I that, think that I, that's something that we gotta get down. A lot of that's pre, a lot of that's pre snap. We're gonna definitely see against Cleveland. So we'll, why is this we'll guy see. telling me to calm down? I'm pretty chill. <laughs> We'll this Scott guy, on. for somebody that do no super chats, bro, he figured out a way to get his name mentioned in his damn comments. I'll tell you that. Scott's a smart guy. Scott probably not even mad for real. Scott probably a Jets fan in here posing. Oh, that's right. You sound like one of our ops, Scott. That's why you sound like a Jets fan to me, because you don't sound like you're a Bengals fan. Just talking about we sucking. Ah, I hate you, Scott. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, nah. I'm. I, that's what my. I think Jonathan was saying. That's the scheme. That's what I'm saying. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely on board with the edge or whatever. But I'm just saying, at the end of the day, they do have to change the scheme, and I think they will to com- combat that. They're gonna have to turn the tape on and see what's going on there because it clearly is is an issue for us. And I think that they'll get it together next week. But like Zim, I would. I wouldn't mind them going out and getting Von Miller if that was the case. That's a great person. They to could bring go, they the go get room. anybody, bro. That's going to help help them do a lot of things for sure. We looked it up. I think it's 8.22 million for half a year rental. I think I looked it up. My man, Big Money Brad with PFF uh, gave me some stuff. But you know, there's a there's a lot of different things. I mean, I wanna I wanna highlight something too really quick before we go. I thought mm-hmm. CJ CJ Uzama had some really, really key plays in this game, yeah. picked up a really big third down conversion. I thought Tyler Boyd is really upset that he missed the timing on one of those jumps, but outside of that, played a really, really solid game. I do want to commend the the, the uh, offensive staff for finally getting Joe Mixon the ball like um in, in throwing. My fantasy team sure loved it. I'm in a PPR league, so he finally got some catches. He didn't run for what he always does, but I always say that's just an extension of the run game. So Michael Carter probably ends up with 77 yards rushing, but he probably has like 150 all-purpose yards. It's just an extension of the run game. 2021, they, that like you cannot pay Joe Mixon that amount of money and not throw the ball to him and give all the stuff to P. Ryan. Like, I never understood that. The Joe Mixon catch at the one-yard line, arguably a touchdown, he comes back and I think runs it in on that same drive. Uh, that was an amazing catch. That was a crazy catch. But it's showing that Joe Mixon can catch the football, and the Bengals need to do that and get it, get on the ball out in space. I thought that the Uno, it's hard for me to tell. Like, you telling me he had nine targets and only four catches, has the bad drop for the touchdown. Um, had another drop on that first drive. They're not going to call it a drop because it got tipped in the air. And, and, and then the ball – what was he doing on that? I was really upset. I, I was <laughs> pissed at that one because the ball's falling so slow. 
Nobody's even really that close. And I understand this is probably like a two-yard, three-yard play. But then this is a three and out. So say you get three, four yards right there. That's a big play. And he just let right. the ball fall right in his face. I was really, really pissed at that one. There are some really good highlights. I thought, like, did the Jets get a sack? And t- they got their they, sack. They did get three, but they, they got I three. Feel okay. like, I feel like protection held up at times or Joe moved away from the pressure very well. But it seemed like the sacks always came at the most inopportune, inopportune times. Like, right. they didn't come often, but when they came, it was like, that's the worst time for us to give up a sack. Right. I mean, so some of the ghosts of Bengals past, I think I'll caution you guys. I guess they still loom. I just don't believe in that stuff. I feel like every game is a game, and you have to just – and this staff has done a really good job on defense adjusting every single game. When the Jags killed this with the read option, they come back second half. I so I just thought I knew for sure. I'm like, we about to shut this down second half, and they never made the adjustments to it. And the athleticism of Michael Carter out in space, the dude Johnson ran hard as hell. Like you got to kind of tip your hat off to some of these guys. Like every game that we lost, I remember the plays, the big plays, and a lot of times it's our opposition making this play. Where I'm always been saying like, yeah, man, like that was a good play. Justin Fields made the play of the year. Like you know, I think about that play all the time. You right. know, so and then you look at Packers games where we should have won the damn game, man. man. I don't need like wow, right? Like, like like, where where they're just giving you the game, and you know, this was a game where they earned it, they won it, but they had no business. Like, once you go by eleven points, like you got stomp on them. You got to you got to get that out. And somebody said this earlier in here, and I agree one hundred percent. Good teams beat bad beat the beat the breaks off of bad teams. So, am I as high on the Bengals as I was yesterday? No, I'm not because Mm -hmm. I see some deficiencies. In, in our in, in our team now. And it doesn't take away the fact that I think that we will beat the brakes off the Browns. It doesn't take away from the fact that I still think this is a playoff team, but pump the brakes on the Super Bowl hopes now. Because if you can't take out Mike White, what you right. think what you think Josh Allen and Justin Herbert about to do? Right. Whew. Definitely. I agree with you on that. Tommy Robinson, super chat for 499. Steelers so a lot Nation. Of old heads are saying they've seen this before in the 90s, but it's 2021. Joe Burrow didn't play for those teams. And right. man, I was with I was ready to say that Joe Burrow, and I know people are probably gonna get him for the interception. It's weird because he's got a couple interceptions that were like tipped at the line. I don't really consider those real interceptions or true right. interceptions. I feel like Joey B played a hell of a game too. Um to come out and have only 82 yards and a touchdown in the first half for barely having the ball. The way he came out in the second half right. was just something special. Um, and I feel like it's criminal the way that this game ended because that's going to kind of overshadow it and people are probably just going to focus in on the interception that came in the fourth quarter. But I thought that he was magical at times and that put him at 20 touchdowns on the season through eight games. This was a three-touchdown performance where he came out and balled out and probably should have had four or five, right? Like if Boyd it runs the right route, that's probably a touchdown. If Chase catches the one earlier in the game – that's probably a touchdown. He is definitely different than anything that I feel like we've ever seen um, at the quarterback position for the Bengals. So keep that in mind that we still have him, um, and hopefully we can get out of this thing on top with Joe Real quick before we go, we, we've gone a little bit longer for – this is kind of like therapy for me too because I'd be right. pissed. Yeah, the only thing good. I do, I like usually go hug my son and stuff like after a game or something. He'd be like, did we win? And, you know, like that. That makes me happy. Because, like, if I don't do that, I probably would end up like Scott or something weird and just go off on 
tangents about nothing and I don't know. But let me ask you this. Going off of what you saw today, not being, mm-hmm. you know, you don't seem too heavy reactionary. What do you feel like are the keys to success to turn this thing around? We're coming off a three-game road trip. We go back to Paul Brown. Right. So so now we come home. You play the Browns. What are your keys, your early keys to success to win this game? Uh, I think that you have to obviously stop stop the passes into the flats. I think the Browns are definitely going to cut the tape on and see what happened against the Packers and against the Jets. Um, so you're going to have to shut that down. You're going to have to try to shut down that Browns running game, which the Bengals were doing a great job of that this entire season outside of three games, the Jacksonville game. Uh, I'd probably say the Packers game in this game. For the most part, they've done good against the run. But we already know that that's one of the keys that drives that offense in Cleveland. So you got to be able to contain the run. You're probably not going to shut it down. But if you can contain the run and not let it just derail the entire game, that's what you have to do. I think that you have to offensively put up points against this defense with that Joe Woods kind of throws out there. You got to protect yourself away from Miles Garrett. The key to beating the Browns, I think personally, is you have to kind of take their run game out of the game by trying to get a lead on top of them. You got to try to jump on them early so that you can get to 14 and 0 to make them one dimensional because when it comes to passing, that's just not something they do as well as running. You would like, I think most teams would love for the Cleveland Browns to pass more than they would love for them to run the ball because when they're running the ball, they're taking time off of the off of the game they're taking your offense off of the field and it's allowing them to stay close in the game where all they need is miles garrett to make a big play and give it right back to them to bleed out the the clock so essentially you want to make them one-dimensional you want them to pass because baker has had some issues with obj uh and donovan people's jones is out so i think that you they've had some issues on their offensive line in terms of giving up pressure And so I think that you have to attack them that way. Um, And they're a team that you have to jump on and try to put put to bed because if not, they're another team that you don't want hanging around late in a game or anything like that. If it comes down to a situation where you've got to put your defense out there to stop them on one of these situations where you got three timeouts and you got to stop them, that's the last thing that you want to do is be against Nick Chubb in a game like that where he can just bust off one run and that's the end of the game. So I think that those are the keys get pressure on Breaker, limit their offense, make them right. one-dimensional, and come out with a victory. Because I'm going to tell you, if they come with the same game plan they did today, I bet you Baker Baker Mayfield tries to push the ball down the field and it, and, and he makes a mistake. Right. So, like, that, I have a hard time. Like, I, I want to go watch their game against the Steelers, but I feel like if you gave Baker Mayfield that same opportunity to do what the Bengals just did, he would try to throw between windows all day. And I think – it's a recipe for disaster for them. So I don't – like, it might sound a little strange. I don't think they should come after him or anything. like Because wow. once you start rolling and getting them moving – Oh, hey, look, Diddy said – I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just seen a tweet from Moody that just said Randy Bullock kicked the game-winning field goal for the Titans. Oh, all right. Congrats. One thing Diddy said – I turned on my super chat for the first time ever today, guys. So I appreciate anybody that did a super chat. I also wanted to say, if you are watching this, a lot of times you guys are watching these and aren't hitting the like button. Just hit the like button and subscribe. Some people are watching this and maybe not subscribe. You might be Scott from another dimension watching this on 
like something from the future or something like that. And you're not even on the same stuff as us, but you just go on to YouTube, hit the subscribe button and hit like. It's super simple. We really, really appreciate that. We need to get our momentum going because if we could turn up, I promise you, somehow that equates to more wins. I want to give uh, Ace a special shout out to for Midwest Best Barbecue. I know that you're going to go get you some Midwest Best Barbecue probably today if you had the opportunity. Oh, you already know, man. Brisket, fries on deck. You guys know how we get down with that and definitely sliding by and getting some Grippo wings for sure. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to make another trip to Cincy sometime this season and stop by back by Midwest Best Barbecue uh, because they showed us major love when we were there. That uh, Arnold Palmer sweet tea and, and lemonade. I don't even like sweet tea. And that's crazy because I live in the South right now. That's like a, a Southern staple. But that Midwest Best Arnold Palmer, I'm with it. I'm with it. Sign me right. up for that all day, every day. So if you're watching this, Google that. It's in Loveland. Um, pull up the address and make sure you and your family go get yourself some good eating, some good food. Later on tonight, I'm going to be dropping a brand new orange version of Whole Lot of Orange uh, shirt, Joey B edition for Halloween. Ace, are you dressing up for Halloween? Uh, I was actually going to go as Joey B and I was going to have my, <laughs> my Humphrey Pack cigar uh, in, in my hand. So, yeah, I think I'm going to still rock the Joey B tonight. All right, all right. I went out last night. Uh, I was Hellraiser, so I thought it was gonna go a little different than what it. Is. I was Supreme Hellraiser, like Supreme from head to toe, like all Hellraiser stuff. So that's all I could come up with. My uh, son was Miles, so you know, you know, the Spider Man thing is real creep. I mean, it goes real, real deep. That's funny I just because my son was uh, Peter Parker this year. He was Miles last year, and now he's Peter Parker this year. Yeah, he, he was Miles, but I, I want to make sure y'all, I, I do this almost like therapy, especially after a game, but I want to make sure y'all have fun with your family. Don't say you hate the world and all this weird stuff that I read on here and stuff like that. Coming from a dude that just came off COVID or whatever, let me tell you, it gets way better. Like, we're going to have some fun this season. We're going to turn up. I know it did not look good today, but they did put up 30 points. So there's a lot to build off of that. And I think we could kick the crap out of the uh, Browns. So I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm hyped for that one. You know, I, you know, you know, I'm hyped. We're going to do some kind of show with Quincy. We talked about it. Bring him on. We need, I want to interview somebody. I want to interview somebody, bro. Get right. We got to interview a player or something too. I feel like we, we, we fell off a little bit with the, with the interviews. It might not be a player. We might have to just interview like somebody that we like, like pretty soon. I, I feel like we need to get back to some of that stuff. But like you were just saying, like, man, it doesn't have to be a debate show. But I think the format on that interview with Quincy is a little bit different based off of. Yeah, it might not be an orange is a new black one. It might, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be as friendly. So if you guys don't know, check out our guy Quincy. He does uh, the uh, the roundtable AFC North Talk with uh, Ace and the guys over there. So make sure y'all subscribe oh, to that. Know they know him. If they subscribe <laughs> here, they know Quincy. So some of these people, I'm Quincy. looking at some of these people, I don't know where they're coming from, different outlets and stuff like that. So I appreciate y'all. So if y'all haven't subscribed, do that. Subscribe on there. But me and Quincy got smoke coming up. I'm ready for him. This dude said a lot. He said Donovan Peoples-Jones is a factor. He said that uh, Jamar Chase, he would not pick over OBJ. Now, mind you, this is before all of the Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. But in my crazy world, Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. So it's going to be fun to reconnect and talk some stuff. 
to that guy. And we, as we get ready for the Battle of Ohio and we put these brownies into the damn ocean, lake, or whatever the hell's out that way, all that stuff. Facts. So, of course, we got to end this with a yes. Sursky, hold up a super chat. This game gave us one step closer to adding some much more needed sauce to our defense. Yes, Sean David. Yes, Sursky. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.